Welcoming our daughter Evelyn into the world was the happiest day in the lives of my wife and I. Our saddest day was losing our first baby. A little girl we never got to hold, a daughter who never got to tell me my dad jokes were terrible, a woman we never got to watch grow up. It is not something I find easy speaking about because any parent who has been through this terrible experience will tell you part of the problem is knowing how to speak about it and to whom. But that is a conversation I want to have in this episode. A discussion with other parents who have experienced losing a baby to try and bring some light to what is any parent's darkest tragedy. I still remember the day as if it was yesterday. It was 2017, early on a Saturday. My wife and I were driving to our 13-week scan. A mixture of nervousness and excitement, but mostly excitement. We were greeted by the sonographer. My wife got onto the bed. On went that cold jelly, on went the scanner, and up came the dark but visible images of our little daughter moving. Smiles simultaneously burst across the faces of my wife and I. There she is, our little girl. I glanced over to the sonographer, and I'll never forget her expression. She wasn't smiling. She was trying to mask the concern that her face couldn't hide. The sonographer had noticed what our untrained eyes hadn't. What we would learn was that our baby had a severe fetal cystic hygroma, a fluid-filled cyst caused by a blockage in the lymphatic system. It's often associated with chromosomal abnormalities or other major problems. Something that my wife and I had never heard of would eventually end the life of our everything, our first baby. I learned in those horrible minutes that it is possible to touch heaven for the briefest of moments and then plummet into a hell only some parents will ever know. Parents like Josh Gary. My name is Josh Gary. My partner's name is Vicky. Four years ago, we lost our son, Riker, at 31 weeks he was born. And Mika Taito. We went in for, uh, to find, uh, you know, get your 20-week scan, and we find out that um, baby was no longer living. And Sarah Newman. I have four babies that have died. One of my babies, my son Noah, he was taken out of my arms um, and wrapped in a black sack in front of me and taken away for post-mortem. And I didn't have a voice to say, stop. Josh, Mika and Sarah have agreed to share their stories with me and you in the hope that it will help parents experiencing and those yet to experience what we all have. No, what do baby say? Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. What do baby want? Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. What do baby do? Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. This the baby life. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Oh, this is the Man Child Podcast, an account of my dive into dadhood. Oh, <coughs> oh God, this is gross. From the protests. Don't cry for me, Evan Rose. To the nervous negotiations. Okay, should we agree to talk about it? Okay, I'll give you the rattler. The unexpected insights. Oh, no. Oh, get it off. 
And the moments that make it all worth it. Smile? On my unlit first path through the fog of fatherhood. What the baby say? What the baby want? What the baby do? Man Child, brought to you by News Hub and Rascal and Friends. In 2014, Josh and Vicky Gary were getting ready to welcome their first son, Riker. At all our scans and all that, our little fella was, was growing strong. Plenty of reasons to smile during those first 30 weeks. Josh's wife, Vicky, was experiencing some pains in her back. So she went to see a clinician who Josh says manipulated Vicky's diaphragm in a way that harmed their unborn son. I won't go into too many details about why I think he, he passed away, but mm. he passed away from a placental abruption, which was proved in the, um, in the post-mortem that we ended up having. For Mika Taito and his wife, they learned of their loss at their 20-week scan. We uh, quickly went to the um, doctor, GP, and then went from there to the hospital when within, I guess, about seven, eight hours later, we were pushing out a... Oh, my wife was pushing out, anyway, um, a stillborn baby. Yeah, that's all the um, specialists could say to us about three weeks after uh, my wife gave birth was just um, baby's heartbeat um, just, just stopped. And it wasn't anything that she had eaten or, or, or done or, or anything abnormal. It was just... Um, and that's all they can just put down to just natural causes. Mika and his wife already had two children at home, excited to meet their little sibling. It was quite tough because we had two kids who were um, really excited since two years ago. So we had two kids who were just absolutely looking forward to, and a lot of people too. And then when that happened, it was, I just remember going home, or I remember going to the, to the, the hospital and you sort of successfully... Um, made a passage for two babies to, you know, to come out of the womb, and then this third one was just like, you know, it was a, almost like a stuck in between, a happy but not happy at the same time. You know, you just feel so much grief because you're like, okay, there's there's almost like there's no celebration at the end of it. You know, so that was tough. The wife still had to uh, give birth as anyone would, so it was it was pretty tough, and you sort of had to stay strong and be strong for her and and for the other two kids, and as well as the wider family. Yeah, it was tough. Uh, it was definitely tough. What do you do when you are told your baby is dead or dying? My wife and I were not given any real professional support. We had the support of friends and family, but for us, it felt like once it was all over, we were just sent back out into the world, a world that had fallen apart. It was a feeling Josh Gary also had. What do you say when you hear news like that? Mm. Uh, you can't explain how that sounds to hear those words that your son's heart stopped beating. Um, if we didn't have these friends, awesome, awesome friends that have supported us um, since day one, then I'm not sure how it would have turned out. You know, It would have been immensely harder. As well as the support of his family and friends, Josh told me he and his wife received great help from an organisation called Baby Loss New Zealand. I'd even venture to say that we may not have, have come through it, yeah. may not have been through it yet if we hadn't had Sarah, especially Sarah, from Baby Lost New Zealand there to, to help us and give us a bit of guidance. Sarah is Sarah Newman, one of the founders of Baby Lost New Zealand, a charity set up to support parents and families in Auckland who have experienced the death of a baby during pregnancy 
birth or infancy. We go into the hospital, we meet with the families and the babies. When they've died or just before they die, um, and we get the parents involved, actively parenting their babies. So that could be um, bathing, dressing. We take lots of photographs. We do hand and footprints. Then we've got the casting side that we do where we'll take um, 12 molds of their hands and feet so that they can get three sets of hand and foot castings, um, one set framed, two hands, two feet framed with a plaque. Since they started in 2008, Sarah estimates they've helped make memories for almost 900 babies. That includes Josh and Vicky's little Riker. Little sentiments like this from Sarah that um, that have really helped us along and mm. we can grab things like this and the little keepsakes, look at the keepsakes. You know, we've got casts of his hands. We can hold his hand if we would like, you know. Yeah. Stuff like this. The vast majority of the work Sarah and her colleagues do is unpaid. This is definitely not a nine-to-five job. This is a 24-hour-a-day job. <laughs> um, it's all I do. Baby loss is all I do. I'm always available for the hospital, myself and Josie. You know, we have had calls in the middle of the night and we'll go up in the middle of the night and be with the families, make the memories, um, regardless of what time it is. Sarah estimates it costs around $140,000 a year to keep her charity afloat. We don't get um, DHBR government funding. It is predominantly donations. We have some community grants that we can go for, um, but they are sadly few and far between. But for the meantime, she continues to do this important work, delivering the advice she always gives grieving parents. The biggest advice, I think, would literally be slow down, take it in, remember that you guys, the mum and dad, are the parents of this baby, so they are in charge. A lot of them think, you know, oh, can I do this? Can I do this? You know, can I take my baby in a car? Can I take my baby to the beach? Can I take my baby for a walk? Um, can I take my baby home? You can do what you want. This is your baby. In her experience, Sarah says some people often forget to ask how the father is handling the loss. Questions some fathers even forget to ask themselves. I think in general, dads tend to want to be there for their partner. They want to be the strong one. They want to say, look, I'm, I'm here to protect you and I'm here to look after you and, and, you know, make it better. But, you know, dads are grieving too. This is their baby as well, and they need this support as well. They can't support their wife or their partner if they haven't got the same support themselves. I know my initial feeling was to look for someone or something to blame. Had we done anything wrong? You sort of have those natural moments where you start trying to look for a person to point the finger to, or you know, you get to the point where you just realise other oh, people are just doing their job and and notifying couples or individuals that, you know, your your baby no longer has a heartbeat as part of their job, you know, but um, in the first 24, 36 hours of, a, of the whole ordeal, you're sort of trying to look for something or someone to blame it on to other than yourself and your respective partners. You then learn, though, that often you've just lost in the unpredictable lottery of life. For my wife and I, there was nothing more we could have done. That is an easy thing to say. It is another thing altogether to convince yourself of. But as Josh and Mika and I discovered in our own ways, talking about your loss with friends 
family, really anyone, is so, so important. Well, I suppose firstly, what would be your advice to to a dad who's, or mum and dad who are just sitting out on this experience, unwanted experience? I think once again, what we've touched on before in our conversations is uh, just stop and breathe. Stop, breathe, spend spend a bit of time together and let your emotions, uh, it's going to take a long time for them to come into what you're saying to check completely, but let those initial emotions settle um, before you before you take any further steps in life. It's a, it's something, you know, if, if anyone out there is listening to this and, and they haven't been through this, uh, first of all, cheers for listening. Um, really appreciate it. But I think what me and Mike would like to achieve from this is we'd like to achieve a bit of um, awareness in, in people's minds. Like, everyone needs an escape plan from things in life, you know, a house fire, getting mugged or mm-hmm. something like that. Everyone's got a, a bit of an escape plan for, for these things in life. And I think it's really healthy and really important that people think about baby loss doesn't discriminate. I think people need to know that and they need to really, really let it register and they need to accept it. Mm. Um, doesn't mean it's going to happen to you or, or someone you love, but there is a chance and you're going to be so much better off if, if you accept that it does happen and 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 chat about it sometimes. Mm. It's really important. And Mika agrees. You know, because it demystifies and it um, just totally deconstructs what grief should look like or could look like or what a conversation could look like. It's actually, it sucks that, that it is normal, but what is suck about it is that it's never spoken about, you know, and I think that's where we want to head and, and, I, and I hope that it heads in that direction, um, you know, sooner than, than later because, yeah, grief and loss is, is, is big and, and I think men and women really do go about in, in a different way and what I did start finding out after two years is how frequent and how so often and it happens quite a lot. Mika's right. The most recent figures kept by the Ministry of Health say that in 2015 there were 384 fetal deaths and 266 infant deaths recorded. One thing I really struggled with personally was whether I was meant to grieve the loss of our baby like I would have had she died after being born. It sounds stupid to say, but that was one of the questions I grappled with the most. You know, I didn't count her as a child, and I think now I I see that actually... Probably my advice, if I'm thinking, you know, I'm talking out loud as I think about this, my advice would be to, as much as possible, and again, I think one can't stress how everyone has their own approach to this, but if there was one piece of advice I would have, I think it would be to recognise that although that baby may never have breathed outside the womb, she was still a human being from my wife and I, and that, yeah, you should appreciate it, like you said, with your guys' experience. Although that realisation brings with it a much more emotional um, weight. I promise you that it will free up. And I promise you that if you allow this, grief is, you know, something four and a half years ago I didn't know. Couldn't Mm. have talked about, um, everyone's had a loss in their life, but I couldn't have talked about grief, not Mm. on this level. But it's uh, really important to go through it, the right channels, and and the right right way isn't the right way for everybody. Time will, um, will heal the wound. You'll never forget. And you will always have respect. I know I've had times when I've um, feared that I would forget that that I would get over this. Mm. Uh, it's, there's no chance that I'm ever going to get over this. But it has turned into something that is uh, the tears I shed are, pri- are tears of pride now. It's as uh, strange to say, it's strange to hear probably, but mm. they're tears of pride. And um, 
as proud of the man that my son's made me in the end. Mm. They're, it made me very strong. For Mika and his wife, they will always remember the child they lost. Because they didn't sort of come out breathing. It's a less significant life or it's a less of a focus, you know. So, yeah, so for me, I, I, I'm, I'm very intentional around that. You know, when people say now, obviously, I've, I've, you know, very blessed to have a have a third living child and I still say now it's it's four, you know, and they're like, oh, four, where's the other one? And I'm like, oh, it's, a, it's an angel baby, you know. I still find it therapeutic and, 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 and honest, honest to your own story to say, look, this is what I've been through. It is a reminder that even after tragedy comes a new day and, yes, new life. Josh and Vicky have their new son. We have since had a son, Benjamin, who... We love with all our heart. Um, in fact, it's fair to say that he healed our heart. Benjamin, he's a champion. He cracks me <laughs> up every day. Um, been 19 months now. He's he's doing everything. Got to got to watch our words at home now. He copies everything you say. <laughs> Mate, you asked me about Benjamin, and to be honest, when we're talking about both my sons, yeah. we're talking about Riker and Benjamin, the pride is equal. Benjamin and Riker, they're both my sons, man. And then uh, it's I obviously love the fact that. Benjamin's here and we get to, get to play with them, but it's equally as proud of them both. Mika and his wife have welcomed their new daughter. Yeah, she's here with us. She's doing what every newborn does is keep you up at night, which is great because it tells you that they're alive and they're crying because they're hungry or they're crying because they're nap, nappy and needs changing. So that's a good sign. And Sarah continues to help parents in times of need. And to give parents a voice and to make damn sure that they get memories like this. So it's just making sure that families do have the opportunity to um, to create memories and, and to hold memories of their babies. And my wife and I now have our little beautiful Evelyn. How anyone responds to the loss of a child is individual to them. For me, I have learned a lot through talking about how deeply my loss affected me in ways I hadn't even realised. And probably the most important gift it has given me is to know that although my first daughter was only with us for a short time, she will always be loved. And we will always remember her. Next time... On Manchild. No, you can take two weeks unpaid leave. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> unpaid? At the like, babies are famously expensive. We really need money. Thanks for the unpaid leave. Brilliant. Today's my first day back at work, so you know he's less than two weeks old, and oh. it's, my, it's the end of my parental leave. Yeah. Um, I still feel like my brain is catching up with reality. Women are still doing all the care work, and um, men are doing all the pays work with you know proper careers, so that kind of gender breakdown. Yes, it's different from the 50s and last century, but ultimately it's still there. Man Child was brought to you by News Hub and Rascal and Friends. Written by me, Mike Wesley-Smith. Produced by Maggie Wicks. With audio engineering by Phil Yule. Go to newshub.co.nz forward slash podcasts for more.
Rascal and Friends Premium Nappies and Pants are changing the nappy game. They're known for keeping poonamis contained with features like a 3D core for an increased absorbency area, double leak guards and a high back waistband. Available in their cute signature print in all sizes from newborn to junior and new to the Rascal collection, sensitive wipes made with 99 plus percent natural ingredients. Perfect for cleaning up little and not so little Rascal messes. Get your Rascal and Friends from New World Pack and Save in Foursquare Nationwide.